What is Productivity Guilt and How Can You Prevent It? Written by Scott Young, December 2018. You should really exercise four times per week. Not just jogging though, high intensity interval training. And do intermittent fasting. And drink two gallons of water a day. Don't forget to meditate. If you're not waking up at 4 a.m., you're missing the most productive hours of the day. Did you watch some television? Well, you could have been using that time for reading books. Not just popular books and novels though. You should be reading classics from Seneca, Aurelius, and Lao Tzu. Productivity guilt is this. It's the constant nagging feeling that you should be doing more. And if you're not doing everything, then you're a lazy slacker who will never reach your goals. What causes productivity guilt? Well, blogs like mine are probably a big contributor to productivity guilt. I'm sorry. Unfortunately, this is a side effect of offering advice and suggestions. For some people, the suggestions will be helpful in solving their problems. For others, they will just be too much and make them feel guilty. It's hard as a writer to have the former without the latter. Hardcore advice is inspiring to some. Even easy suggestions can be guilt-inducing for others. There's no way to only do one without the other. How to prevent the guilt. There are three steps to help avoid the productivity guilt you may feel. First, accept you'll always be imperfect. That's okay. Everyone is. Nobody, including me, does everything perfectly all the time. I've written this blog for over 13 years. There's over 1,200 articles, 1,400 at the time of this recording, most of which have offered some kind of advice or suggestion. Combined, that's way too much for anyone to be doing simultaneously, permanently. I go through phases where my habits evolve. Old ideas I wrote about get replaced with new ones, not always because new is better than the old, but because I'm always changing, as will you. If you see instead that everything I've written is about a static, permanent part of who I am, then when you sum it all up, you'll get something that's probably unmanageable as a whole. Two, you shouldn't be your ideal self. The first step is realizing perfection is impractical. The second step is realizing it isn't even desirable. Usually advice is a direction, not a destination. This means that moving from where you are now in the direction it points will probably produce benefits. But if taking everything to its logical extreme or conclusion often isn't very good. Sometimes this can happen by simply stacking a lot of individually good pieces of advice that, if taken too far and too many, can start to have drawbacks. Consider the list of common advice at the start of this article. Each piece, on its own, is probably good. But the sum total of them, even if you could execute all of them, would leave very little time and energy left in the day for mundane but important things. Other times, the ideal picture can be bad because while a marginal shift in one direction is helpful, a total shift in that direction is not. So spending less time on social media and communication platforms is probably good, but if you had zero contact, that might start to create more social interference than the productivity it generated. Three, your starting point is always here. The real source of guilt, however, isn't because the standards imposed are too unrealistic or even undesirable, but because there's always a gap between how we see ourselves and how we would like to be. The right move is always one that pushes you a little but takes you where you are as a starting point. That also includes your psychological strengths and weaknesses. So at the time of this essay writing, I had had a Twitter exchange with a few people who had been wanting to learn something new, but kept putting it off. You can see the guilt they felt. 
that they hadn't been able to make progress. But this is the wrong way to look at it. Yes, it would be nice if we were perfect beings with infinite discipline, time, resources, money, intelligence. But we're not. We're always starting as flawed people, trying to make things a little better for ourselves. So the question is never, what should I do ideally to solve this problem? Instead, it's always, how can I do things a little differently the last time for a little better results? Productivity is good. Productivity guilt is bad. Trying to improve ourselves is a good thing, but too much guilt doesn't help you do that. If you've been feeling a lot of guilt lately, here's a few things you can do. First, pick a few goals to work on, and maybe only one, and tell yourself it's okay not to work on other things. Second, stop comparing yourself to other people. Those people you admire also have flaws they don't reveal. Work on improving yourself, not feeling guilty because you don't see yourself reaching somebody else's standards. Three, separate the nice to have from the essential. Most advice is nice to have. It helps, but only a little. If you can focus on the essential things that matter for your few goals, then you can stop feeling guilty about everything else. Most of all, stop telling yourself guilt is good for you. Guilt does motivate, but it does so at high costs with a lot of side effects. You may not choose how you feel, but you can't possibly adjust it if you think that nonstop guilt about not doing enough is somehow an ideal state. Aim to be slow and patient instead, and you'll get the most results with a lot less anxiety. Thanks for listening to this episode. More episodes like this can be found by searching for Scott H. Young Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Overcast, and most other podcasting apps available on your smartphone. If you've enjoyed this episode, please consider rating my show as it helps other people find out about it. More of my work can be found on my website, scotthyoung.com. Thank you.